Welcome to the Not Too Serious Podcast. On this week's episode, my son and I discuss who makes us laugh. In particular, we talk about stand-up comics. What are the attributes of a stand-up comic that makes us laugh? And we have a very interesting discussion. Who are your favorite stand-up comics? that make you laugh. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email to nottoseriouspodcast at gmail.com. Please enjoy. Thank you. Okay, uh, today we're going to talk about our favorite comedians. Now, when I say comedians, I'm talking about stand-up comic, not necessarily someone who's funny, like Lucille Ball or... or um, I don't know who that is. You don't know who Lucille Ball is? No. Never I, heard of uh, You've heard of the show I Love Lucy, right? Yes. That stars Lucille Ball. Okay, that's a very old reference you used. Well, Lucille Ball, Ste- Lucille Ball was never a stand-up comedian. She just did a lot of funny things. She did a lot of physical comedy. That's what she was known for. Right, right, right. For, her, for her physical comedy I'm saying and slapstick comedy. A more modern comedy. example would be like Will Ferrell. Uh, yeah, that's also true. Because he's, st- he's never done stand-up comedy, right? Not to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. So. Or even uh, Steve Carell was a... Yeah, he's primarily a comedic actor. He does improv. He's an improv uh, improvisationalist. So I'm sure he's done stage work or something. Yeah, but that's not stand-up, though. No, it's not stand-up. He's a stand-up comic, our favorite stand-up comics. Yeah, yeah. So so people like, you know, Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, all these people are... They're not stand-up comedians, but they're funny people, um, at least to me. Um, so I'm not really counting them as part of this. Just people who go on stage and make jokes or tell stories and make jokes. Right. That I have to put together a set. Yeah. You had a cousin that did that, no? Uh, yeah, I did, but I don't, I don't think he was very successful. Um. Thought it was a she. I meant, yeah, I don't think she was. Well, no, no, she was successful. I think, I don't know if she still does it actually. No, she was on Laugh Factory for a bit. Like oh, she was okay. highlighted on Laugh Factory, which is pretty good. Yeah. But she doesn't do it anymore. I don't think she does. No. But, um... Yeah, she was successful. Like She was reasonably she was successful. successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like That's people, true. She was actually pretty well-known within the Chicago scene. Mm. Yeah. Um, but before we get into our favorite stand-up comics, uh, in... In light of the topic, I feel the need to tell a joke. Mm-hmm. So here goes. Mm-hmm. So this man went to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And he was getting a regular physical. And then uh, after he had his physical, he went home. And before he went home, the doctor said, okay, thanks. And, you know, I'll call you with the results and so he went home and 
about doctor said thanks <laughs> no the patient oh, okay. the patient said thanks yeah so <clears throat> um so two three days later he gets a phone call from the doctor mm-hmm. doctor tells him well uh i have the results of your physical i have some good news and i have some bad news okay he said the good news is you have 24 hours to live the patient was shocked he said wait a minute that's terrible news that's not good news and and then he said well what's the bad news he said i forgot to call you yesterday <laughs> <laughs> Uh, funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was very. That was a very charitable laugh. But I thought that was. There funny. was a. Uh, I wait, 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 wait. Let's talk about this joke I just told. I thought that was a funny joke. Want to dissect this joke? I don't want to dissect it, but you understood the joke. I understood it. So why is the <laughs> like? What was that all about? It's like, ladies and gentlemen of the podcast. I have purposely not taken. I have not given any jokes because I know my son does not really like the jokes that I tell. So I wanted to give him, I wanted to give him maybe a break from laughing at some of my jokes, but still, even today, a break from laughing at some of your jokes, I wanted, yeah, because you don't laugh. Yeah, so it's not a break, it's just a, it's a vacation. Oh, is it? (laughs) It's a vacation. Okay. See, I'm glad that you're laughing at your own Uh, jokes. It's a joke. It's not that funny, but you might find it funny. Mm. Uh, My aunt... She actually, uh, you know, your sister. Mm-hmm. She uh, she called me and she said, uh, "Have you seen the uh, cat ball?" The your my your aunt asked you, "Have you seen the cat ball?" Yeah, I said I didn't even know that he could. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That was funny. Yeah, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, these comedians are funnier than the jokes that we're about to tell, that we just said. So mm-hmm. maybe why don't you give the start it off? Um, is well, it ranked or no? It's not ranked. These these are just some five of your favorites. I don't even know if I have five, but, but I definitely have five. I, I I think I I probably ingest more stand up comedy. I think you do. Yeah. But let me ask you this before mm-hmm. we get into our comedic. Uh, banter banter um who what do you look for in a comedian honestly if they can genuinely just get a laugh out of me that's all i care about i like even if like you say something i don't necessarily agree with to me if it's funny it's funny i mean uh what i find funny I mean, that's a different question. Something I find funny is something like I can, like I think the funniest things are just is truth. Sometimes is truth, or just an interesting perspective that I've never looked at before. That's the stuff that makes me kind of laugh, you know. Mm-hmm. Something something I can relate to. Something that makes me go, hmm, that's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Like one of my favorite jokes is uh, Chris Rock's joke. He's one of my favorite comics. I, just, I guess I'll just say it. he's one of my favorites that I'm going to say on the list. But one of my favorite jokes is 
You know what they should do? They shouldn't ban guns. They should just... The best form of gun control is you make, like, one bullet, like, $10,000 each. Right? Mm-hmm. So people can't afford bullets. Because people are not going to get rid of their guns. But you can get bullets, right? Mm-hmm. But if you do see someone that gets shot, you could probably be like, that guy probably deserved it. Because it because took $10,000? $10,000 on that guy. So, yeah. That's one of my favorite. Because it's like an interesting thing. Like, huh, That's funny. Obviously, he's joking. But that's a funny way of... That's a funny perspective. Mm, that's an interesting perspective. It's an interesting and funny perspective that I didn't consider. Mm-hmm. But, you know... Stuff like that makes sure. me laugh. Um, or good storytelling as well. Mm-hmm. Storytelling is key to my heart. Yeah. If you're a it's gr- important. If you're a great storyteller, I'm gonna like what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty key. I mean, it's very important to be able to tell a story and tell a story effectively. Mm-hmm. And some stories sometimes can loop back oh yeah in a set right and you tell the story there may be kind of a funny punchline but you don't realize that it's actually a bigger setup for something yeah, later yeah, yeah yeah exactly then that actually becomes even funnier yeah you know so i like those kind of comedic um kind of uh stand-up comics that can do something like that that can pull that off quick uh, easily mm-hmm. and almost like with no effort you know like to be able to do that right yes yeah, so, i mean yeah the, those are the three the three big types of comedians i think are uh storytelling comedians set up punchline comedians mm-hmm. or perspective comedians mm-hmm. i think i'm not Super into the setup punchline comedians, but I'm really into the perspective or storytelling comedians. Anyway, let's get to the list, or not list, but mm-hmm. our Just favorites. Favorites, but no, in no particular order. Well, you're gonna say what what goes into a good comedian. Well, good storytelling. I think I've said that, and also when you. Um, uh, tell a story with a punchline and then towards the end of the set you circle back to the original story that's also like a very good way of telling a story and i enjoy that in a in a comedic uh, story Mm -hmm. some of these comics are kind of shotgun comics and they're not as funny but um they're still funny they're legendary right so um okay so one of the comics that I've always enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever see a stand-up, mm-hmm. uh, it's, he's he's legendary, and that's Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor is a legend. Indeed he, he is. He's definitely a legend, and legend. he has a way. Again, like I said, storytelling. He has a very. He's a very good storyteller. Mm-hmm. And Richard Pryor, um, I I would say that he was probably big in the '60s and '70s. I would say. He's the uh, one who inspired Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Oh, he's been the inspiration of a lot of comics. There would be no Eddie Murphy, no Dave Chappelle, no Chris Rock, no Kevin Hart without Richard Pryor, who was the innovator. Yeah, Richard Pryor was an amazing comic. Mm-hmm. 
And he was an actor too. He was a producer. Um, Wasn't he in one of the Supermans? Uh, I think so. In Superman three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but he's he, but he's also been in many movies. Like he was a movie star. He unfortunately developed. Um, he had bad. Um, he had bad health towards the end. I think he had Parkinson's in the end. Mm. But um, but uh, he was a tremendous, tremendous. I mean, he was also a bit controversial too. Some of his comedians. Oh yeah, I mean, right? he pushed the. He pushed, pushed the envelope. He pushed the envelope, but yeah. he, like I said, he's he was and that, and that's why you got you got <laughs> by people like Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock and he's and, an innovator. Yeah, right? oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so that that's one person who I enjoyed. Do you want to go back and forth, or no, you let's just go back and forth? Okay, I already said Chris Rock. I'll get more into detail. Mm-hmm. He just has like the most interesting perspectives on things, mm-hmm. like. Uh, you know, like the bullets thing that I said, like, uh, like, 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 it's mostly, oh, here's another one that he said that really, like, I enjoyed, and it always stuck with me, it was like, uh, this was going on during, uh, BLM, right, and they were saying, he was saying, oh, they say, just a few bad apples, just a few bad apples. This is Chris Rock. Chris Rock. This is just a few bad apples. You know. Mm-hmm. Some jobs, you can't have a few bad apples. Like imagine if, if they just said and said, most of our pilots land our planes. <laughs> <laughs> There's just some jobs you just can't have, like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting perspective, right? Something right. that, I believe. But it was never phrased like that before. Sure. And it's the truth. But it was like said in a way that is digestible. And, you know, you find humorous. You find funny. Stuff like that makes me laugh. And I always I always think that. Uh, although because he's like one of the early. Two, he's like a 2000s, 2010s comic. Mm-hmm. I don't know how big he was in the 90s. But in the 2000s, 2010s, big. So we haven't seen his influence yet. Mm-hmm. Like how he's influencing other people yet, but I feel like in twenty thirty years time we're gonna see oh, yeah, uh, like a bunch of comics that who we consider the greats, then they're gonna be like oh yeah, one of my inspirations was Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's it's, uh, it's it's true. I mean, like he is a pretty, he's a very famous, uh, very very famous mm-hmm. stand up comic. He got slapped by Will Smith. We you spoke about that. Yeah, right? yeah, we had a, a whole we devoted entire <laughs> devoted entire podcast to that. Yeah, but yeah, no, I mean he's definitely. Uh, I, I'm sure, like like you say, in twenty thirty years, he's going to be legendary for mm-hmm. future stand up comics for sure. Yeah, yeah. has uh, your perspective? Just a quick question: Has your perspective evolved or changed or anything from that faithful day? From the day when he got the slapped, the Oscars, yeah. Uh, my perspective on what? It's the whole situation. Has I don't think. I don't changed? think it's changed. I don't. No, I don't no. think so. Here's I know. I know. Will Smith actually had apologized. Yeah, he did. And Chris Rock said he doesn't accept his apology. Okay, well, it's fair enough. It's up to him to yeah. accept it or reject it. But mm-hmm. whether or not if Will he needs Smith, time w- to, I think he yeah, needs time, time to heals all wounds yeah. when it comes to that sort of thing. Exactly. I mean, it's still probably fresh in his mind right? sure so yeah 
Uh, so who are you saying, sir? Continue. Well, <clears throat> another comic that um, that I enjoyed listening to, uh, he's passed now, but was Don Rickles. Another legend. Don Rickles was the king of the insult. <laughs> he was... Roast comic. He was he was a wonderful roast. Like if you ever watch um, Dean Martin's roast, mm-hmm. uh, Don Rickles was a few it was a was a frequent um, mm-hmm. guest on that show, and I think YouTube has kind of cleaned it up a lot, so you can listen to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he tends to again he walks that very thin line. Of being accept being an acceptable joke versus a joke that's in poor taste. Yeah, he would walk that walk very that line. thin yeah. line, yeah. and he would make fun of those that are like him. He would yeah. poke fun uh, fun at himself. Mm-hmm. He would poke fun at Frank Sinatra. He and Sinatra well, were, were friends. They were buddies, right? They were buddies, but because he's Italian, he always stereotyped right, right, stereotyped right. him as being part of the mafia <laughs> now whether or not he was part of a, any mafia group I mean, or mafia rumors <laughs> yeah you mean he was but he made fun of it and he would dig into him mm. on that right mm. and sinatra would just laugh because you know they they, they. see the, those in those days right those days like think of this okay as a panel okay mm-hmm. at a roast you had people like red fox mm-hmm. okay uh bob hope um, George Burns, Lucille Ball. George Burns is a cool name for a roast comic. George Burns. Yeah. George Burns. Um, Bob Newhart. All these guys on the same stage at the same time. I mean, that can be. Yeah. You know, he like was a pioneer of roast comedy. Yeah. Like roast. And he people. would, and he would roast them all. He would roast them all, and he was not. He was an equal opportunity offender. That's how he was. You know, I respect people. See, if people go with their own group, I think that's fine. I feel like if you you either go for just either roast your own group mm-hmm. or you roast everybody, you don't just. There's no in between. No, he roasted everyone. Yeah, if you roast everybody, yeah. then I'm cool with you. Yeah. If you just attack one group of people, oh then, no, no, then it becomes no. He roasted everybody, yeah. everybody. He yeah. was, he was, he was like I said. Yeah, he was the master of the insult. Oh yeah. Um, but in real life, he was a Sweet good heart. heart. He was. He had a good heart. Yeah. He was married for like sixty years. I mm-hmm. mean, the same lady, and they have a couple of kids grandkids i think so he like he had a you wouldn't have ricky gervais without him without don rickles probably yeah, ricky gervais yeah. kevin hart is probably another in yeah oh yeah so, like I mean, kevin hart is a great roaster when he does roast oh yeah like yeah. he like they're they're um they were legendary and mm-hmm. i like i said i never got tired of of his mm-hmm. of his insults right, right you know like they were just so funny now and like i said He's doing it out of love, and there was a time when when he got gets roasted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he loves it just as much. He <laughs> loves it just thing. as much because they're that's digging into him. That's they're digging thing. into him because they're it, it's yeah. out of love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's what the roast master does. The roast master will pick someone. Okay, who's gonna be who's going to be the victim, right? right. And then they go after him. Then they all go after him, yeah. right? And, and then he gets to. Yeah. Go against the other punch. Absolutely. It's just it's just 
making fun of each other. And that's uh, what I love about roast. If you you can roast, if you can bite, expect mm-hmm. to get bit, mm-hmm. and I have respect for for comics mm-hmm. that can do both well. Can get that bite well and get bitten. Sure, sure. You know, there was this one. There was one where um, um, Don Rickles was. Uh, I think he was um, the. The sub, the person that was supposed to be roasted was Bob Hope, I think. Mm-hmm. And what Rickle sometimes will do is that before he gets to Hope, Bob mm-hmm. Hope, mm-hmm. he will start roasting everyone else that's on the stage. <laughs> He'll yeah. go after everyone else that's yeah. on the stage, and it's so hilarious how he does that. And then eventually he gets to Hope, and then, and then you know, he, Rickles. yeah. Don Rickles is a very comedian name as well. Yeah, yeah, Don Rickles. Yeah, Don yeah. Rickles. So that's mine. Uh. I spoke about it. I was all Kevin Hart. See, most of yours I could see are from your generation, like well, your pioneers, and most of mine are my pioneers. Um, well, I'd I say. mean, well, no, I'm mean, I'm about to say some that are probably going to be more attuned tuned to yours. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. But like, but, but I, okay. I I mentioned those because um, innovative. I didn't. Well, I didn't grow up. I mean, this, this, they're all before you didn't grow my up time. With them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right? you can recognize. I can recognize yeah. funny. You can recognize okay? funny when it. Yeah, when it hits when when yeah. you when it hits your eardrum, you know when it's funny and when mm-hmm. it's not. And mm-hmm. he had, like I said, he had this fine line mm-hmm. of walking the that line of be, 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 between being funny and being offensive. Right. So I really enjoyed that. Uh, but yeah, Kevin Hart, he uh. I think he's one of our generation's best storytellers. Like, even if he's on a... Not even when he's, like, just on stand-up. Even if he's, like, on a talk show or something like that. When he's telling a story, everybody... Just, they shushes up. They shush up. And they just listen to what he has to say. And anything he says, you know it's going to be funny. And there's going to be a huge payoff. He's just mm-hmm. so amazing at telling stories. Mm-hmm. And he just lets the stories keep going, coming. Yeah. He's amazing, like, at that... He's he's that's his best gift, I think, is just his storytelling ability. I remember he had a special on. I mean, he's had several specials, but I remember he had one where I think he had one during the pandemic. Yeah, he did it in his in his house. basement. Yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, that's a pretty nice he basement. Is one of the most hardest working people. Yeah, I think he's the most. He's he's the highest grossing comedian ever. Really, Kevin yeah, Hart? Kevin Hart. Because, oh, like, think about it. He puts specials out almost every year. He has his own production company. Does tons of movies. He's on Shark Tank too. He's on Shark. Well, he's like, he, occasionally, right? He's a guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that episode. Of mm-hmm. Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. But like, he's smart. He's very smart. He's super smart. Have you? You don't listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, right? No. Um. Uh, no, I don't. I mean, I. I. You tell me episodes yeah i'll tell you episodes to watch there was one episode where you had kevin hart and that episode that literally just hearing him talk for like a couple hours mm-hmm. it really like opened my eyes to things and stuff like that yeah. like like his car crash remember his oh his yeah severe car yeah crash? yeah he just took it on the chin he said this is just another challenge i have to overcome you know and i know that when he does like he He's just gonna take it on the chin. He's gonna take ne- he takes every negative aspect that may present himself to him, and he turns it positive. Mm. And he doesn't just try try to make people laugh. He tries to, you know, make you feel good sure. as well. Sure. You know? Yeah. And that's something like he's like 
there's some comics, right? Uh, where you're just mad, and they just talk about stuff that makes them mad, mm. and that makes you laugh, but it also makes you mad at the yeah, same time, yeah, right? Yeah. Kevin Hart just brightens up your day. Mm. You know what I mean? He has a he has a good he has a good knack at doing yeah, that. He's a knack, at, and he's just his vibe is just so like, uh, friendly. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he's a happy-go-lucky guy. Happy-go-lucky guy. I mean, he has his problems like everyone else, but of course, he has his controversies. Everybody does, right? Sure. Yeah. But you know, you could see he's a grown. He he's you could see him growing, mm-hmm. and like his perspective on things and his sto- like I said, his storytelling ability is just second to none. Yeah, like few people have a better storytelling ability than he does. Like he always goes, okay, you listen to this, all right, listen to this, and you know you're gonna listen. Mm-hmm. I cannot make this up. You're like, okay. I know what he, like like uh do you remember I forgot what show he was on. He was talking about he was in Dubai and uh there was an orangutan oh, yeah. riding an ATV. <laughs> like stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, who, like But sometimes but and he's deathly afraid of animals. Oh he's deathly afraid of everything. And just the way how he reacts <laughs> yeah. is is hilarious. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's he's it makes naturally, me laugh. he's effortlessly funny. He's effortlessly, effortlessly funny. funny. Yeah. yeah, I remember when he I, I've seen a few clips where Kevin Hart is with Jimmy Fallon, and they go to uh, some amusement park. Oh yeah, and they go up another <laughs> roller coaster. Oh, oh my yeah, god! Now, I don't know how much of that is an act, but he looked genuinely he's, scared. He's also one of the most relatable. Even though he makes millions, he presents himself as one of the most relatable people ever. Sure, I can like I can resonate with a lot of his fears. Sure, you know. Sure, like <laughs> one of his jokes was, uh, he got this long driveway. Huge long driveway mm-hmm. in Beverly Hill in, in LA, right? And near his drive, near his house, there are mountain lions. Mm-hmm. And when when he was uh, making his constructing his house, the builder comes up to me and says, "You want lights in your in your driveway?" He's like, "Man, what what driveway has lights in it?" No, I don't want lights. Don't don't try to rip me off. And he realized when he got the he needed the lights because it just when you open the door, just darkness. That's it. <laughs> just darkness, right? So he used to take out the trash, but now his son got a little older, so he decided, okay, I'm gonna get my son to take out the trash now. Not because you know he's ready to do it, because I'm I'm scared. I don't want, I don't want to do it anymore. So, so I'm gonna get him to do it. And like he goes into his room, and he said, "I how many times I've already told you once. I'm not gonna tell you again to go take out the trash." And he's like, "That's a lie. I actually never told him, but I'm <laughs> trying to enforce it on him." Mm-hmm. To go do it, and then his son goes out, goes to the, down the long driveway, and he sees his son. He just sees it like from, from the distance, and he puts the the thing down. He quickly looks to the right, and then he sprints back to the door, and immediately he closes the door. Kevin Hart closes the door on his son. He's like, "Look, son, put your hand on the glass one more time." <laughs> I love you, son. <laughs> Why did he close the door on him? Because he got scared. He's like, I don't know. I don't want whatever coming over here. He'd be coming inside. inside. So he closed the door. On his son. Oh my gosh! Like, Put your hand on the glass, son, one last time. <laughs> like, he poured his poor son out to dry. Yeah, yeah. But he's also great at like self-deprecation. Yeah, great at self-deprecation. Not many are also as good as him mm-hmm. at self-deprecation. But yeah. Okay. Who's your next one? My next one yeah. is uh, Hassan Minaj. Hassan, yeah, I like yeah, Hassan yeah. Minaj because I can sort of relate to him because yeah. having 
immigrants. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if he was an immigrant, but his parents definitely were. His parents were. were an immigrant, yeah. Yeah, and so I can relate to that because my parents were immigrants. Mm-hmm. And um, having a um, East Indian culture, um, I can also relate to. So there are a We're lot South of... Indian. Southeast Asian. Southeast Asian, uh, that's what you meant. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, culture. And um, the stories that he tells um you can find, i can i can, can find humorous because yeah. i've i don't i think he's a little younger than me but but uh he's probably more around my age than you but but the things that he did you can see yourself, i can you know? see my parents doing yeah same. like the like the, how his parents handled his upbringing i can see part of that in my own parents mm-hmm. um as in a humorous way. I mean, he was never disrespectful to any of his parents or his elders or anything like that because that's part of the culture. You don't disrespect yeah. people that are yeah, older yeah. than you, right? I feel like him, especially, is very niche to like uh, like people like us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very niche. I like him too. But like, yeah. But I he's like been on, but he's been on like the Tonight Show. He's been on. Yeah, he, he was on a, he, he made his money off of uh, like his big break was uh, the Daily Show, no? Yeah. With John Stewart. John so, Stewart. Now Trevor Noah, who's also a very good comedian. Yeah. Like Not on my list, but very good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I there, like there's some really good yeah. international, yeah, yeah. some international comics. Like, um, they're, they're, um, they have a way of telling, a story from their perspective, from their point of view. And sometimes when they tell a story, it's interesting because you can see how they're being seen from the outside looking in, right? Us being living here in either Canada or the United States, we're kind of, you know, absorbed in our own world, right? But if you have someone with fresh eyes looking from the outside in, you you gain a certain perspective that you uh, would uh, otherwise not have, and so, right, right. and and it's and it's seen in a very um, humorous and comedic way, whereas it's not to insult. Like I remember, uh, Hassan Minhaj uh, was talking about our prime minister. Hassan Minhaj. Oh yeah, he was talking to him. Yeah, yeah. 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 And are so, you ready to embrace Islam? Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, but he's saying it in tongue <laughs> yeah, in cheek, right? Tongue he's tongue not. He's yeah, not. Yeah. He's not. He's not. He's not trying to embarrass him. Right. He's trying to, you know, yeah. get a rise out of him. Yeah, know. get a rise out of him, right? And so it, it was. It was funny. It was very funny. So yeah. So Hassan Minhaj is another comedian, and he's also done tons of specials, and he's the kind of. Remember, I was telling you about like telling stories. He's a good storyteller. He, he's a very good storyteller. This is, this is weird because he is a comedian, but the only reason is that I don't have him on my list mm-hmm. is I think he makes me think more than he makes me laugh, if that makes sense. Sure. Like, he... He, he does have a way of making you think, he, he, for sure. He, I, f- I find his stuff more motivational speech than I do stand-up comedy. But I still appreciate what he does, like his style of it. Like, uh, your my aunt, your sister went to one of his shows recently. I think the husband Minaj. Yeah, it was, I forget if it was recently. It was a couple of years ago. Oh, but I he, see. she went to one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she must like him too. I think. Uh, 
she, she not it's not because of her it was because of uh my uncle it was his idea oh so, uh-huh. so she didn't want to go she she was good with it but i think it was more his idea than it was hers oh yeah uh you i don't i doubt that you know this one but i went to his show it was my first stand-up show i've ever gone to it's a andrew schultz no, I don't okay. say yeah. not him. Why I like him so much is for a couple reasons. One for a few first reason. I think he's hilarious. He he him and Russell Peters, I think I'll put on the same level when it comes to crowd work. Where they can just <laughs> they they when they can just look into the crowd and just talk to the crowd for that could be their entire thing. Banter, just, just banter, banter with the crowd. That's it. Yeah. He has a special where all of his spe- the whole special is just him bantering with the cl- crowd. Mm. That's it. <laughs> and the thing about him is that he's so educated. He's really educated on things in different cultures and cities and stuff like that. Like he'll like when he not pokes fun, but yeah, pokes fun at a culture. Mm-hmm. It's not like a face value like. Or he just does a funny accent or something like that. He actually he knows something about the culture mm-hmm. that only people probably within the culture would know, mm-hmm. and then he will poke fun of that. Mm-hmm. So he does his research. He knows things. He's a very well informed person, right? He's Canadian or American? He's American. He's from New York. Oh, he's from New York. Yeah. And another thing that's interesting about him, and this is what I like, is that he's super, super independent. In the sense that he he's not signed to anything, he doesn't have his own show. He I don't he has he doesn't have a special on Netflix. He or like like any streaming company. He all he uses is YouTube. Mm. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. He decided, okay, I'm gonna make it on my own terms. I'm gonna say the things I want. Nobody's gonna filter what I say, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna make the money I want to make on my own terms. Mm-hmm. And like he's also kind of like an inspiration in that sense. Like he made it in today's generation, and he's kind of paved a way for other comedians, not just comedians, other artists mm-hmm. to do the same. Like he's an innovator in that sense. Again, I think like five, ten years from now, mm-hmm. you're gonna look at a lot of like people, not just comedians, but like other people, mm-hmm. and you're gonna look to him and be like, oh, because of him, because he paved the way, we were all able to you know, be successful because he was able to find success. Like he is a, like, like he, he made a special and, uh, no network decided to air it, air it. No network wanted to air it. No streaming platform wanted to sell it. And he decided, you know what? I'm just going to post it on YouTube. And from that, he's, he tours the world. He makes millions. Now he's doing really quite well for himself. And yeah. So like, also, Peter's kind of got well, not exactly, but it was kind of YouTube. One of his YouTube his, actually is what made him so famous. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because he did a, I think a, a just for laughs comedy special in Montreal. Yeah, yeah, we, that's and, the big one. That's the that's the one where all like the memes of him have come from. Yeah, right? like, and and all and and YouTube somehow somebody recorded his thing, and put it on YouTube, and put it on YouTube, and then it just blew up, and yeah, that's yeah. how he became famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a similar story, similar I guess. Similar story, yeah. But uh, yeah, but but thing about Russell Peters is that he still, he still kind of did the, okay, I'm signing with a streaming platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is an innovation, and then 
Andrew Schultz, he's kind of doing it one step above. And by the way, when I went to his stand-up comedy special, like, live in Toronto, mm-hmm. probably the most I've laughed in an hour period. Wow. Yeah. That must be pretty... When me and, my, like, me and Nemo Because, Because, like I said, I've told you jokes and you just go, hmm. Well, you're not a comedian. You're my father. Yeah. And I love you for other reasons. not for my humor it's part of it Uh i feel like you're you're very easy to talk to Mm, thank you you know uh (laughs) without you i wouldn't be here that's very true Mm -hmm. i have no argument from me who's next um the next person who i was thinking of um was is someone who i find to be one of the most i guess intelligent comics Mm-hmm. And they will take a joke apart and pick it apart, and will get to the root of the humor. Mm-hmm. And that's Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry okay. Seinfeld has a way of taking the most mundane things in life mm-hmm. and find humor in it. He's like the, the what I was saying in the beginning that relatable, like he, he can yeah. tap into relatability. Oh yes, and yes. he can like you know. Yeah, absolutely. Like he has a way of just. Oh my gosh! Like. He he's brought it down to a science. I feel like he mm-hmm. he is the um, not that other comedians are not intelligent. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that he's the the smart man's comic. Like he will he actually has uh, a Netflix special called "Comedians in Cars Getting, Getting coffee. coffee," and he'll like dissect things. He'll dissect things. He'll yeah. he'll he'll ask. He'll poke the brain of a comedian because he'll only put comics on his show. Right. Yeah, because comedians and a yeah. yeah. So you will pick their brains as to what what is funny to you, mm-hmm. right? And um, it, it is fascinating. Like I really enjoy his humor, mm-hmm. and he also this is a plus for me. Mm-hmm. He doesn't use profanity in his comic. Yeah, I don't his, really care too much about. No, that, you don't. Yeah. I well, you I do. actually respect that, yeah. and I think. That that is actually something that requires a skill, because you can easily put in profanity to add shock value. Not necessarily shock value, but to make the joke easier to tell. Let's put it that way. Mm. He doesn't do that. He actually will purposely. I mean, he will swear, like outside of <laughs> his comic. Yeah, he thing. sees it as kind of like a challenge. He sees it as a challenge. So he, so in order for him to actually mm-hmm. tell a joke without using profanity, he considers that a skill, a craft, mm-hmm. because you have other comedians that won't do that, mm-hmm. right? And they they get laughs. I mean, they're world famous, of right? Course. But he considers that a challenge for him. I think every comedian that we've said. So far, use profanity. That. Yeah, exactly. Well, and right. I still love those comedians. Yeah, but I've just mentioned one that doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Right? Which is interesting. And and there are some comics like Bob Hope. He doesn't use profanity in his comic in his routine. Yeah. I, now, not, but mind you, he's like he's like. Oh, like I said, like he he has done, he has done, the USO show, for troops since World War Two. Right up until Desert Storm. Oh, so he's an old school type guy. So that's what old school. Yeah, but no, that's an interesting thing about. But but Seinfeld found humor in that. Mm -hmm. So they say, hey, 
I can I can try and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And he has done he's done shows where some of his early work mm-hmm. he writes down his jokes and he carts it away. And so like he files it away. Mm-hmm. And he had a one special where he actually did his old jokes from the seventies or eighties. Right. And he recycled them. And it still got the same laughs. <laughs> Yeah, because he taps into that relatability. He taps into things that are relatable to oh, the average to person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and of course, yeah, and he does have a very unique. Has to deal with cars. Like, he he has a very unique sound yeah. too. And well, he's he's a he's more than just him and Kevin Hart. Well, him and yeah, Kevin Hart from who I've said so far, maybe who you've said. Probably no, I don't know. But those two are they their names go beyond their stand-up comedy, right? Like their 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 names they're not just names they're brands. Mm-hmm. You know they're not just people they're whole companies. Oh yeah. Because not many people can. Heart do... heart heart. By the way, he respects Seinfeld. Oh yeah. He's been on his podcast. I mean, he's probably he he probably found a lot of inspiration from. Seinfeld. Hart, Seinfeld, right? I mean, both are. I think Seinfeld came before Hart, Hart right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. He found inspiration from Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. Like they're both successful stand-up comedians, both successful actors, both successful producers, both success- successful uh, interviewers. They're mm-hmm. great at inter- both of them are great oh, yeah. at interviewing. Yeah, they enjoy that. They're just they supersede just stand-up comedy. Oh yeah, for like, sure. Like they're multi. They have multi talents. Like yeah. they can do many things. Like I think if you take like an average person from the street, from every comedians that we've seen, uh, that they've heard, that we've said, mm-hmm. the two that they'll definitely know for sure mm-hmm. are Seinfeld and Kevin Hart. Mm. Uh, yeah. Have you seen? Did you watch Seinfeld or no? The show? Yeah, I've never seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You haven't seen any episodes of Seinfeld. See, well, okay, so Seinfeld. I mean, your uncle will be very upset. <laughs> if you, I'm sure he, he will be because he was a big fan of Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm also a fan of Seinfeld. It's not one of my top ten shows, mm-hmm. but definitely my top fifteen. Mm-hmm. What I enjoy about that show, I didn't watch every episode, but right. you didn't need to. I didn't need to. I mean, the 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 thing I loved about Seinfeld it was that connected. It was its own kind of thing. It's very episodic television, and the only the thing I loved about it is they would take just and like I said, an everyday mundane thing, and they would turn it into a a thirty minute sip, sitcom show. Yeah. For example, I'll give you one example. They're basically um, the four friends, mm-hmm. basically. They go like George, uh, Seinfeld, Kramer, and um, forgetting her name. Uh, we'll just continue. Anyway, yeah. Julia Julia Louis Dreyfus's character, whatever I can't remember what her character is. It's escaping me for some reason. I don't know why. But anyway, they're just in a restaurant, mm-hmm. but they're waiting to be seated. That's the whole episode. <laughs> They're just that waiting. Is, I like stuff like that. Yeah, but that that's hilarious. Oh, it's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And and they find humor in just waiting. Yeah. 
Right. That takes skill. It does. Okay, it does. and 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 uh, finding the smallest, little the smallest thing little thing, and stretching it and out, and putting it under a microscope, or even not even that, just like sucking, like just squeezing the juice, every possible thing that it could, that every possible milliliter of humor you could squeeze out of it, just squeeze out of it, you know. Another episode I remember is when um, they were they were at a mall. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kramer decides to take everybody in their car, in his car, mm-hmm. to the mall. Right. So they go to the mall, mm-hmm. and Julia Louis Dreyfus' uh, character buys a goldfish. Right. <laughs> yeah. Goldfish is swimming in this yeah. plastic bag, right? And when they get into the parking lot, they're ready to go home. Kramer mm-hmm. can't find his car. So the whole episode is dedicated for just finding the car. That's it. They don't make shows like that anymore. No, they don't. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's no real episodic TV anymore, is there? No. The only two shows I could think of that were pretty episodic, and one of them, and one of you're talking about today. No. Oh, then there are many episodic. The last, the last, last one I can remember. Are Fresh Prince and Seinfeld. I, I didn't watch Seinfeld, but I knew it's episodic. But well, everybody Fresh loves Prince. Raymond. Is kind That's of kind of serial. That's serial no, because no, the story no. continues into the next. Not episode. Re- not really. Not in the early days. Maybe I, early I, days I was I pretty either. episodic. Towards the end, a little bit with Robert's backstory and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But what I mean by what I mean by serial is that. Actually, no, I, I guess you, you're I right. Exactly, I guess you're right. It's I'm like what you maybe everyone loves Raymond as part of that. Even too. Friends became like well, in, the, in the beginning, it wasn't. It was very episodic. Maybe, but it became, like, it became it, very it, it innovated serial. making the making things serious. Yeah, yeah, it did. Shows. It did. It was an innovative. Friends, right? I think, was one of the pioneers in that, actually. Yeah, exactly. Like every episode continued into the other one. Like mm-hmm. some aspects of it always continued. Like Fresh Prince, like. Things would happen in it that broke. It broke continuity all the time. If you saw it from just a serialized perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like Gilligan's Island, for example. Like that's uh, pure episodic. I know, but like I'm giving you an example. Like one time they'll say, "Oh, there's no headhunters around for like miles," and then like six episodes later they'll be like, "Okay, we gotta watch out for the headhunter. He's on yeah. the island." Yeah. Like stuff like that. Where it contradicts it, but it's okay because it's episodic, right? It's episodic. It's light comedy. Exactly, Nobody, you nothing, shouldn't be picking apart. But my point is, no. is that you don't have shows like that where you could just turn on and just enjoy it without any context of what's happened beforehand. Yeah, you don't need to know what happened in episode three or something. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Maybe Community can... Maybe Community? Because I think... I've put up, played Community episodes for you. Mm-hmm. Where I, you haven't seen the previous episodes, but you still... I find them funny. You find them funny, right? Yeah. So maybe community, but there's no other really other show where you can just turn it on and just watch it without any context of what happened before. Mm-hmm. And shows I like are like that too. Like Modern Family. Mm-hmm. I love Modern Family, but you need to know what happened last episode. Yeah, yeah. You can, same with, you can miss a lot of it. Same with The Office. Same with... Uh, oh, Office is very streaming. Like, not streaming. Serialized. It's very serialized. Yeah. But like, Seinfeld... From what looks like, like I said, I can't speak on it too much. But it looks like he was one of the best at that. 
He's very good mm-hmm. at what he did. So but yeah, he's one of the best interviewers, though I think I've seen. Yeah, yeah. He's, him and Kevin Hart, are mm-hmm. great interviewers for sure. So who's uh, your next one? Uh, speaking of, like people who got viral kind of off of YouTube, is uh, Bill Burr. Oh, Bill Burr, and he's a great actor too. He was in Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. But I just love his like angry style of humor, where he's just mad at everything, and he needs to explain it because it's very relatable in ways you know like how mad he gets at like some some things and he's great he's just a great perspective artist mm-hmm. and he's great at relatability mm-hmm. and he just doesn't never fails to make me laugh mm-hmm. like uh oh i can't think of a joke off the top of my head but the like he's also amazing at the roasts like we were saying roast, roast comedy, right? yeah, yeah. he's an amazing roast comic and he brings he bring like this is for what I've heard from like other comics, mm-hmm. like other comedians, like on podcasts and like people who've met him, mm-hmm. is that there's almost no difference between who he is in real life and who his on stage personality is. Mm-hmm. So he's so you can tell he's being a hundred percent genuine in everything he says. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, here's one of my favorite jokes. One of my favorite perspective things he said. Uh, uh, Bill Burr's? Bill Burr's. And like I said, it doesn't necessarily mean I agree with it, <laughs> but what I'm about to say, but I found it quite funny. He said, uh, you know, my, me and my wife got into an argument, right? About why why, why do women make less than men do? You know? Mm-hmm. It's because, this is the reason why. It's because, say for some messed up reason, we were on the Titanic. You guys get to leave with the kids, but I have to go down with the ship. <laughs> you know, that's they why they women, make more women money? and children get off the boat right yeah <laughs> but man we gotta stay back you know like god forbid if if we're in a forest and there's a bear that comes i'm like honey get the kids get out of here and i have to fight off the bear with my bare hands <laughs> that's why that's, I, that's, that's, that's a joke obviously yeah but stuff like that he just funny perspectives on things mm. and I, I, i'm not gonna say hey, he believes everything he says because obviously he's joking but i'm saying like his character like how he presents himself mm-hmm. is you could tell it's hundred percent j- and he's a great actor. He's an amazing actor. Mm. Right? Remember him in Yeah in Mandalorian, yes. Great actor I do remember him in Mandalorian. Yeah. He's he's very good. No, I I I agree with what you're saying. And do you know how he got big? Uh, I said YouTube, but he got big off of you. what happened was is that he was doing a show in Philadelphia mm-hmm. years ago. And the fil- he was just it was just a bad crowd, right? They were just booing him, everything. And he just got so mad that he just started roasting Philadelphia. <laughs> just just wow, went that in takes, on Philadelphia. That takes guts. Yeah, until the crowd just started laughing because they just like this guy's hilarious. They just they just he just picked apart the city. He's like the Phillies suck. You guys all smell bad. Like oh just, my god, he just went in on them, just roasted the, the whole city. And until basically the crowd had no choice but like, okay, this guy's funny. He's genuine. And, and they went from booze to cheering for him and oh, asking wow. for an encore. That's and interesting. That, and that clip of him went viral. And he is who he is today, you know? And yeah. Like, I just I just love him for that. Like, he just is so good at the roast comedy. He's just mm-hmm. so good at it. I don't think from the modern day last few years mm-hmm. i don't think there's anybody better at him at just roast comedy mm. 
Yeah, no, I mean, Bill Burr is a pretty amazing guy. I I've, I think I've seen his Netflix special, too. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen that, too. Yeah, he's very angry. He's always angry about he's stuff. Always angry. He's always angry about stuff. <laughs> he has anger management yeah. issues. Like, yeah. he's, he said that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> he said, like, like uh, yeah. Well, my 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 next pick, um, I think it's gonna be my last pick. I don't know. That's your last one. Yeah. I think so. Um, although there there are others that you know could probably get honorable mention, but mm-hmm. um, is uh, definitely Jeff Foxworthy. I'm not a, I'm not familiar with that one. Jeff Foxworthy is a Southern comic uh, who uh, originally he studied engineering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was an engineer and by trade. Right. And uh well, I think uh he just started telling jokes at a bar and he liked the feedback and he just mm-hmm. became a stand-up comic. Well, that's how a lot of it becomes, right? And he is most famous well, he was once the host of You Might Be Smarter, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Oh, that's him? That's Jeff Foxworthy. Chef Foxworthy. Not Chef, Jeff. Jeff, yeah, I said Jeff. I thought it sounded like you said Chef. Anyway, so he's most famous for You Might Be a Redneck, if <laughs> jokes. He says he's from the South, right? Oh, okay. He's from the South. He's one-liner guy. He's a one- Well, uh, this is him? I can't see it. Um, yeah, that's him. Um, he looks like a good guy. Yeah, yeah, he's he's really funny. He's also mm-hmm. done a lot of stand-up specials. Mm-hmm. He's done specials with Larry, Larry the Cable Guy. He's oh, yeah. done uh, Billing Wall. Oh, one of those ones where you're like, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that humor. I love, southern humor. Like, like uh, I, I, I love Southern humor. I I love Southern humor because they listen. poke they poke fun at themselves. Oh yeah, Southern people they're very self deprecating. Very self deprecating, yeah. and and he comes from that generation of yeah. of uh, of comedians that like to do that, and mm-hmm. also. It's not lost on him that he's that he comes from redneck country, right? Right. right? right, right. And so uh, he likes poking fun at rednecks, mm-hmm. you know. Like um, uh, he, he talks about patio furniture being, you know, highfalutin type of furniture <laughs> for a redneck. Mm-hmm. And uh, one time he uh, he flew he to Hawaii. With his whole entire family, mm-hmm. and their idea of high class luggage mm-hmm. were grocery bags from the Piggly Wiggly <laughs> and ice coolers. <laughs> that that was their, his luggage. That was their luggage. Their family's luggage. You know, I've never heard his. I've never heard him before. But I'm gonna give him a listen. Yeah, listen to it. He's really funny. Now, toward now, remember he was most famous for you might be a redneck kind of jokes right so you'd have to go back to listen to it mm-hmm. in his more current stand-up routines he doesn't really do that stuff anymore he may throw in one and when he throws in one because the crowd goes up. crazy no no yeah. the crowd goes crazy because that's what he's famous for right, right, right. that's what i was saying the crowd goes nuts yeah, yeah. so he yeah. may throw in maybe one or two jokes mm-hmm. in a regular stand-up act today mm-hmm. but in his early days back in like the early 90s he would do stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? And uh, 
he was just an amazing, like I said, like he still is an amazing comic in my opinion. Yeah. I, I wish that, um, that, I don't know, maybe television isn't ready for him, for him yet, but, uh, in terms of having his own sitcom, but I hope one day he does get one. I, I mean, think he actually, kind of I think he had now. one called the Jeff Foxworthy show, but I don't think it lasted very sitcoms long. Sitcoms are a thing of a past now, but like, like what most people want to hear comedians do now. Is like podcasts or like interviews. Yeah, may- maybe like so, but I mean, like on Netflix, there's a lot of there's yeah, a lot of Netflix, uh, yeah. a lot of episodic television. Yeah, right? maybe, maybe. Right. So I mean, I would I would think that uh, that it would be it be. Mm-hmm. And he was also another one of those comics that doesn't use doesn't typically use profanity, and it's rare if he ever mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. But um, but I I love his banter because they're friends, right? Bill Ingwall and. Larry the Cable Guy and Jeff Foxworthy, they're all friends, right? Mm-hmm. And so they will actually go on tour together. Oh, yeah? And so Jeff Foxworthy has some stories uh, when they're outside of the comedic uh, environment mm-hmm. and they're just like at a hotel or, you know, they're ready to check out or they're checking in. And so there's some real funny stories between Larry the Cable Guy, Bill <laughs> Ingwall, and Jeff Fox, really. So I really I enjoy listening to his stories. Yeah, again, it's storytelling, right? If you can yeah. tell a good story, and it has humor, it's gonna it's gonna keep the audience engaged. Mm-hmm. So I re- I really li- like him. So that yeah, so that's my last one. If if you want some honorable mentions, we throw that in at the end. Okay, honorable mentions. Sure. Uh, my favorite comedian, this is like actually my favorite comedian, is, uh, well, he's considered by many as the greatest comedian of all time. By many, I'm sorry, about like Kevin Hart, Eddie Murphy, Chris Rock, Bill Burr, like they all consider him the greatest comedian of all time. I'm saying Dave Chappelle. Mm. And he, he's like, like everything I've said about what I like about comedy, mm-hmm. he does that, turn it up to 11. Elite storyteller, elite at roasting, elite at uh, relatability, mm-hmm. elite at perspective. He's just at all aspects, of, even like the setup punchline type humor. He's just amazing at it. Like he'll like he's he's I remember he said a joke. I forget the exact joke, but he literally he told the audience, "This is, this is the punchline I'm going to use tonight. I don't know when I'm going to use it, but this is the punchline." And he said it. And they kind of giggled. Then he went on some long-winded story. And everybody forgot about the punchline at that point. And at the end, he said the punchline. And everybody just bursted out laughing. Yeah. And he's like, I told you. I told you. I'm, I'm good at what I do. Like, <laughs> I'm good at what I do. Yeah. Like, he's... And the thing about him is that nobody talks about the stuff he talks about. Like, in the way he talks about them. Mm-hmm. Like, he he's like... He's so unique in the way he goes about things. Like people will go, like it's more like set up punchline, set up punchline. Your your story will be a long setup for a punchline. Mm-hmm. He can just talk, and it might not be like a big punchline at the end of it, but he could just tell a story or just speak his mind, and it's just hilarious. Like just he'll just throw something in, that'll just throw you off. And it's not just his. His comedy that's great it is him speaking like people when things happen in the world anytime things ha- i think when trump got elected who was the first guest they had on snl i was about to mention that yeah so 
Hollywood typically for those that are international our international listeners not just America mm-hmm. but those overseas Hollywood typically is a liberal uh is liberal left leaning left leaning right not even left leaning i think left like completely bent over no there are some conservatives in Hollywood but for the most part they're left leaning percent left yeah. yeah so when trump was elected who's a staunch conservative yeah uh he was the first, as you said, the first guest on SNL. He was the, the, the guest host, first guest host. Right. He actually won an Emmy for his stand-up, or not stand-up, but for, for his, his monologue. monologue. Yeah. Right? And he went on, uh, some months later, he went on the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Colbert asked him about that, about that, uh, well, not, well, first congratulate him for his Emmy. And he asked him, he said, has your perspective changed mm-hmm. since then? And and remember, he was still, like, at that time, Trump was still fairly new president at that like time. Like, was a year or two. In. I think less than a year, I think. Okay. Really? Yeah. And um, so he gave a very good analogy without actually having to give his opinion mm-hmm. by saying... You know, him getting elected is like having a bad DJ at a great party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that got a huge laugh. Yeah. And it was kind of true because he's basically complimenting America as a whole. America is great. Mm-hmm. But if you have a bad leader, okay, you have a bad DJ. It's going to be brief. It's going to be over. They'll, he'll give his bad sets and then he'll get off. Yeah. There'll be another DJ. Right. Maybe with some better music right. or a right. better playlist. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's kind of trying to give his own perspective yeah. on on how he sees the world, and I think that kind of said a lot about his how he thinks how he thinks about at least at least that mm-hmm. topic. But he's like that in other things as well. Mm-hmm. So Chappelle is definitely a very good. He, he's a good, um, not not good. He's great at um, getting in the minds of people and have them sort things out yeah after he tells a joke right he's a good thinking man's comic because i like the way how he sets stuff up yeah he he's sometimes a bit too rough for my liking <laughs> yeah yeah because and i understand i understand okay why he says what he says because He's I think his audience also can relate to what he is saying, right? Right, and so if he uses, you know, profanity or whatever to make his point, mm-hmm. his audience will actually understand it better, right? And will get what what he's saying. So it's 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 basically he, who his audience is, and that's probably why he when he's on a talk show he doesn't use profanity, no. and he's able to and he's able to get his point across he, because he knows his audience. He knows his audience, and so his audience will understand with what he is trying to say, and yeah. will and will impart what he, the audience needs to understand. He understands who his audience is, yeah. and he'll perfectly articulate himself in a way that. Anybody that's listening can just okay. I got what he said, right? And I can see he he when he says a joke, you laugh at it, and then twenty minutes later you think about it. Like you know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. even maybe twenty maybe like twenty seconds later you think about it. Like oh, that's actually quite interesting, mm-hmm. right? And one thing you can always say about him is that he tra- he's trace he stays true to himself. Oh yeah, 
like uh, when he disappeared for those years. Yeah. After he was offered hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. Right. He turned it down. Because he he knew he was gonna you know what. I'm gonna step away. I'm gonna step away from this. He gave this analogy, right? He's like, uh, there's like a story of this baboon, right? Mm-hmm. When they they want to catch baboons for for, for some reason, I, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know why they want to catch baboons, but people want to catch baboons for some reason. Okay, mm-hmm. and baboons love salt. Like, they'll just take salt and they'll just put it in their mouth and they love it. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know how we treat, like, M&M's? Mm-hmm. That's how they treat salt. salt, right? So what they do, there's a there's a trap for the baboons, right? Where it's like a hole mm-hmm. about the size of, like, a baseball, right? And there's salt in it. The baboon smells it. Mm-hmm. They go to the hole. They reach inside. They grab a whole fistful of salt. But they can't remove their hand anymore because now their hand's a fist mm-hmm. and they have stuff in their hand but a baboon it it really wants the salt so he doesn't want to let go of the salt so he's trapped in there because his salt like <laughs> he can't let go can't let go he just said so when they offer me that 100 million dollars i let go of the salt hmm it's interesting, like the way he says that, right? Why is he comparing himself to a baboon? That's part of the humor. He's he's no, it, it's an actual thing where yeah. a baboon, because of what he wants, he doesn't realize that he's trapped. Right, right. If all he needs to do is just let go of the salt, and he's good. You know, you might not get the reward, but you're not suffering for the prospect. Yeah, for of the reward. prospect of yeah, yeah. So and he just let it go. He let it go. So he's not in any pain. No. Like maybe the pain of losing the salt. <laughs> There's like he was a thing. He was like a, uh, I forget. I think he was on Letterman, right? And Letterman asked him, "So was your wife okay about you know you?" He was like, "I rejected a hundred million dollars. Of course, my wife wasn't okay with that." <laughs> <laughs> was it a hundred million? I thought like it was like upwards of like hundred, like. Fifty million, hundred million, whatever. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think it was a hundred million, but I thought it was yeah. like fifty million or something. And then another. He had a contract with someone or something, right? Or Comedy opportunity? Central. Comedy Central. Comedy Central. Him. Yeah. Because Chappelle's show was super successful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And like another thing that he said was interesting. It was like uh, they asked him about the money. He said, "Look, after I, you know, I decided not to take it. A few years later, me and my wife, we went to a restaurant." Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here with like a few million dollars, which is a lot. A few million dollars. And beside me, there's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Over here is a guy who's making a hundred thousand. Over there is a guy making five hundred million. We're all sitting at the same restaurant. Restaurant, right? So what does that really? At the end of the day, what did I really lose? I'm still very successful. I'm still doing what I, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it's about perspective. It's about perspective, right? But yeah, he's just great at just letting you see things from his perspective. Like he's mm-hmm. amazing at it, mm. and nobody—that's why everybody else calls him the greatest. Right? Mm. 
He's done specials too, right? I think tons he, of specials. Yeah. yeah, no, where he invites like his friends, like Kevin Hart and Chris Rock and all of them, to do like a maybe a set or two or something like that. Oh yeah, he does that all the time. Him, yeah. him yeah, he he always brings his friends along to do. Yeah. Yeah. He used to sometimes he used to just because he loves this he loves the art of just stand up. Mm-hmm. He used to just go in Seattle mm-hmm. with like a microphone and like a amplifier. And he just set it up, and he just started doing stand up like mm. while people were walking by and he <laughs> talk. Like he's he just loves the art. Yeah. Right. As someone who just he just cares about it, and even when he's not telling jokes, you still listen to him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Tell his perspective of the world. Exactly. So um, I guess um, I don't know if you want to do some quick fire of some other people. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm mean, fluffy. I was about to say him. Oh, I really? I was about to say Fluffy. I love Fluffy. Gabriel Fluffy is hilarious because uh, he has an incredible... Uh, and storytelling off the Storytelling, track. amazing. Sound and sound effects is amazing, too. Like amazing. he's just, And he does accents pretty well, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's predominantly... He's Mexican, Latino? He's Mexican. He's a Mexican guy. Mexican, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And and so he he's hilarious. I just I love his stand up. Mm-hmm. Again, some guy who does he doesn't really I think that's one use of the, profane. It's one of the few people that we can both sit and watch together. And oh, we can we can watch anything together. I, I mean, mean, yeah, but I'm talking about like stand up comic. Sure. Like from stand up comedy, I don't think I've ever watched Paul special or a Rock special or a Kevin Hart special with you, but I've I've watched a I've definitely watched. Fluffy, fluffy with you. Yeah, right. yeah, he's really good. Um, I say, well, I was gonna say him. Mm-hmm. Next person I'm gonna say is Russell Peters. Russell Peters is funny. Yeah, uh, yeah I I have listened to him. I have mm-hmm. enjoyed his work. He's a well fellow Canadian. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, he, he can be a bit rough. Again, he can <laughs> he be a bit rough. rough. Yeah, and yeah. he's become rougher now than he used to be. I feel mm. so. But I'm saying his crop like. His crowd work ability. He's he's amazing. He does amazing, amazing at crowd work. Like I said, I put him and Andrew Schultz. Like and he and he's very good at accents. Oh, he's great at accents. Amazing. He's very good. Accents. Very very good. He does Chinese. He does Indian. He does Nigerian. Nigerian. He does he does everything. He does everything. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I've ever heard him do British, but he's definitely. He has. has he really done good. British? Okay. Like, Welcome to Dubai, the world's finest. Oh, does he? Okay, okay. Yes, yeah. Oh, he's fantastic at accents. So yeah. yeah. Um, anybody else you want to mention? There was somebody. Oh, I'm forgetting his name. But he, he he he's like one of the few like just set up punchline comedians I like. Like mm-hmm. that's just his whole shtick. Mm-hmm. He just set up punchline. Mm-hmm. But he's just so good at it mm-hmm. for some like for no good reason. Like he just Who? Who's this? I forget his name. Okay, well I'm I gonna I, I, I'm gonna mention someone. Say say someone, I'm gonna look him up while while Uh while Bob Hope. I think I've already talked to him about, 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 yeah, about yeah. but he, I mean he I mean he does many things. He does television, movie he he did um, uh, specials, all sorts of specials, uh, but I think at his core he loved doing the stand-up, and he was friends with all the presidents from I think from Eisenhower, all the way down to um, Clinton. So he had a lot of. He wasn't friends with Bush. No, he was. He was friends with every. Oh uh, no, no, because that was past his time. That was past his time. Yeah, because he, he was born in, like, 1903, 1906. Oh, did he pass away then? Or? Oh, yeah, yeah. He passed away some years ago. But um, but I remember 
Bob Hope, he has also like as he got bigger and bigger, he had writers too, right? For his for his for his stand up. And um he also wanted to be very topical of what the politics of the day. Right. And so he had to be on top of everything. And those days, I think the technology and all that was very different back then. Mm-hmm. And so he was driving to um he was on a bus. Right. Okay. He was on a bus and <laughs> he was driving from one town to another and they were kind of in the middle of nowhere. And as they were driving on this bus, they were writing these jokes out. And as they were writing these jokes out on one of the topics of the day, Hope didn't find one of the jokes very funny. Okay. And he was kind of debating with one of the writers saying, right, I don't right, think right. this is very funny. Mm-hmm. And he goes, no, Bob, this is going to work. It's going to play. And then Mm -hmm. so as the bus is driving in the middle of nowhere, there's a guy that happens to be walking on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. So he tells the bus driver to stop. To ask him to to tell him the joke. And so he gets out. He gets out of the bus. And he's asking this guy if this joke was funny or not. Yeah. What did the guy say? He said it was funny. So he used the joke. (laughs) That's funny. So he just took a random stranger yeah. and just said, okay, let's see if this right. joke will work. So that's how dedicated Hope was to mm-hmm. making sure the joke, the jokes were fresh and they were current of the day. And he was not afraid to test it out on the audience. That's good. Right? That's so good. so Bob Hope. Uh, I remember the guy's name, Anthony Jesselneck. Oh, Check him out. I never heard of him. Yeah, he's, he's a guy I just, I randomly came across and I was like, wow, this guy's really funny. Mm-hmm. And he can just like, it is misdirection. It is always misdirection. Like that, he's just an art of it. Like he'll he'll say he'll say a setup, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he'll just say something that you just weren't expecting. But yeah. you expect him to say something unexpected, but you don't know what to expect him to say. Mm. That's very unexpected. Yeah, but yeah, I have lots of respect for stand-up comedians. It's like such a hard job because. Your job is literally for the first five, ten years of what you do. It's a hard just life. Fail. It's just a hard life. It's a very hard life. Very hard life. Very hard life. But I mean, like, you get you get some diamonds in yeah. the rough that will come out there and yeah. will, you know, uh, it's it's a wow you. But for the most, I'd say probably ninety percent of all stand up comics stay in the in the clubs in the in clubs, the clubs. because it's like uh, it's about perseverance. It's a perseverance. It's a game of perseverance, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to, you know, hang out, hang around long enough? Last 20, 30 years. Exactly. Just grinding, people not laughing, people calling you unfunny. Like, I, I'm pretty thick-skinned. I would never in my life ever do stand-up comedy. Stand comedy. Yeah. Like, imagine I'm sitting down, I'm like, okay, make me laugh now. Yeah, that's not... That's, that's so hard. That's a d- tough, difficult life. So difficult. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, I think this was a good discussion on uh, our favorite stand-up comics. Right. And, uh, you know, I think over time, there's probably going to be new ones that will probably pattern after old ones. Yes. And they'll consider some of the some of the people who you consider up and coming mm-hmm. may end up becoming Le- legends. legends themselves, you know. Right. And... Uh, it will be interesting to see how the shape of comedy, at least in the stand-up world, will take. Wouldn't you agree? Indeed.